Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark, the 12th chapter, verses 18 through 34. 28 through 34. It was a typo. Hear now the word of the Lord. One of the scribes came near and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, he asked him, which commandment is the first of all? Jesus answered, the first is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Then the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is one and besides him there is no other. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength and to love one's neighbor as oneself. This is much more important than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. May God bless our understanding of this sacred text. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The woman is exhausted beyond measure. Labor has been long and hard. She is beginning to think that she cannot go on. But somehow, she finds within herself precisely what she needs to persevere. With previously unknown strength and determination, she bears down. At the end of her pain, a midwife presents her with a baby, covered in vernix and squalling with indignation. The mother, she is a mother now, is astonished. She knew she would love her baby, but nothing could have prepared her for the wave of maternal affection she feels for the child cradled in her arms. This is my daughter, she thinks, my beloved daughter. That is something like the love God has for us. It is fierce and fathomless, intimate and immediate. It is a love without end, a love without condition. We know this because the Bible tells us so. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the Spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven. 
You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. With you, I am well pleased. These are the words God speaks tenderly over God's son. These are the words God speaks tenderly over all of God's children. Words of blessing and promise. Words of joy and delight. We witnessed it again this morning. For what is baptism, if not the descent of the Spirit onto the brow of the babe? The words of the baptismal liturgy merely echo the whispering of the Holy Spirit. If you quiet your heart, you can hear it, pleading with you to believe in belovedness, your own and everybody else's. The Bible tells us this about love, too. We love because God first loved us. That, that's from the same letter that goes so far as to say that God is love. Just as God is the architect of creation, God is the author of love. God is love's source. It's wellspring. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. So here's the thing, my friends. Love wants to be reciprocated. There's nothing quite so sorrowful as a man whose love goes unrequited. To be rejected by your beloved is agony. The mother loves her daughter without reservation. She loves her as a tantruming two-year-old and as a tempestuous teenager. And nothing that girl can do can change it. Still, the mother loves being loved by her daughter. She lives for the moments when the little girl reaches for her hand. The sweetest words we ever hear are, I love you too. We have been given some fierce verbs this summer. Protect, care, forgive, reject, fight, share, embrace. They are imperative verbs. They are bossy verbs. Be the church, as it turns out, does not always make for easy Sunday mornings. And now the most imperative of all the verbs, the greatest of all the commandments, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Love is not an action that is easily commanded. Simon says, jump, and we jump. Jesus says, love, and it's not that we don't love. We do. It's just, when you really think about it, what does it mean? What does it look like to love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength? I've noticed that we tend to play a game of leapfrog. 
when it comes to these greatest commandments. It's easier for us to wrap our hearts and minds around loving our neighbors as ourselves. They are flesh and blood. One could even argue that we love God by loving our neighbors, especially since Jesus dared us to see him in the faces of the lost and lonely, the downtrodden and despairing. What you did to the least of these, Jesus said, you did unto me. So maybe we've covered our bases by caring for the poor and fighting for the powerless. Except for some reason, I think we are actually supposed to linger for a moment on this first commandment, long enough to let it sink into our bones and become a deep and abiding truth. For some reason, I think we're actually supposed to behold the one who calls us beloved sons and daughters and whisper, I love you too, with our lips and with our lives. Maybe even shout it like the prodigal son who found himself weeping in the open arms of his forgiving father, or like the woman who poured an entire bottle of perfume on the feet of Jesus. Or maybe we simply sing it, joining our voices with the people in the pews around us in hymns of praise and adoration. Worship is, after all, an act of love, another magnificent verb that is part and parcel of what it means to be the church. And there is that other sacrament, too, the table where Christ himself is the host, inviting anyone and everyone who wishes to receive his grace. The table where we are given bread that is more than mere bread, a cup that contains a lot more than fruit juice. We speak of these elements as grace, as forgiveness, as love, as life. And when we consume the bread and the cup in remembrance of the one who loves us so much he gave up his very life for us, we experience a mutual love so profound. We call it communion. Communion. Fierce and fathomless intimate and immediate, love without end, love without condition. Sisters and brothers in Christ, may it be so. Amen.